Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Hello. Hello, everyone. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it if you want to listen to us uh, speak at other times at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel or stream it from SEMSynergy.com. Today's show, what we're going to do is look at behavioral targeting and how we believe it is really going to be changing the face of the search engine optimization, if not all of search marketing industry. I think it's going to be very, very significant. Um, give you a little overview to what it is. Uh, behavioral targeting is the ability for a search engine, or any website for that matter, but a search engine is what we're talking about, to tailor the results based upon the anticipated community of the searcher. So uh, the example I always use is Java. Some people may want travel. Some people may want coffee, and some people may want programming. Based upon the sites you visited, the search engine is actually going to give you results tailored for your community. So if you travel a lot and snorkel or deep sea fish and you search for Java, they may suspect that you are a traveler and give you more travel sites for Java in the top 10 than any other kind. They're going to bias the results. And if you had a room of 50 people that were travelers, they would all get a different top 10 based upon their sub-communities and things like that. So it's anticipated that behavioral search, which actually makes a majority of the top 10 results more relevant, is really going to change the face of SEO. Yeah, well, yeah, you've you've definitely said in the past that you know, we're not going to be looking at rankings anymore. We're going to be looking, you know, at different metrics to determine whether or not we're doing our jobs. Because, you know, it used to be, oh, you know, I want to be number one was, you know, what people said. I want to be number one. Well, how can you be number one when everybody has a different top ten? So yeah, I think that's a really, you know, prime thing that people are going to have to get used to knowing what their goals are, what their conversions are, and optimize based on that you know we're going to have to work a lot more with the analytics companies and and our analytics programs and really understand you know when we say we're going to make you you know we're, we're going to optimize your site for this keyword what it, what does that mean i found a, like some data it was a couple years old but i would be interested to see what's more recent figures that said that with behavioral targeting you're going to get more click-throughs like 35 percent more more conversions, 26%, and improved ROI at 21%. So maybe you're not showing up for as many people's number ones, but you're converting more? That could be. I mean, yeah. you know, because it's targeted, because it's giving the user what they want, you know, it's sort of like the long tail. You know, we're always saying these long tail terms, 
you know, there's smaller traffic but higher conversion, that might be what we're talking about with behavioral. We get lower traffic on these head terms, but, you know, the people who are coming are the people that are it's right for. Right. And uh, one of the big areas, of course, would be in the area of advertising. If I want to buy a pay-per-click ad and I'm uh, selling vans, not sports cars or SUVs, but vans, uh, if I knew that the person was a soccer mom, I might be more inclined to show that ad as opposed to uh, somebody who's single and travels. And I mean, it, it really depends that if we can find out what kinds of things are interested in, that the click-through rate goes up. I saw one statistic that said that the click-through rate on pay-per-click ads that are totally targeted increases four to one, which is really a big increase. That's in, huge. And that's huge. Um, I think you also have to understand, uh, if I'm not number one on everybody's list, the consequence of siloing, which is our approach to architecture, which generates inherently a lot of long tail query hits, uh, where you show up uh, pretty well ranked for that kind of stuff, that's actually going to go up in behavioral. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The uh, Our site, we optimize it for about 22 main keywords, 24 maybe if you throw in my name. Uh, every day I get hit for 1,000 different keyword combinations. 850, I think, is a small day for us. And there are a lot of them are permutations and combinations of, of the words that we use on our pages, but we rank well for those. In behavioral, those combinations are going to be even more on target. And if you can do it correctly, you're going to end up, as this says, you're going to get a lot more clicks, a lot more uh, return on investment. Maybe 40 50 60% isn't even the tip of the iceberg. It could be 200%. We just don't know yet. You got a chance to talk to Ralph Wilson about this subject, and I would tell our listeners, if they're interested, to check out the video that um, he posted and that can be found at www.wilsonweb.com slash video slash index.htm. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, he interviewed me. It was a, actually almost an hour. <laughs> Four interviews, uh, part ones, part twos, all sorts of things. Uh, Ralph's a good guy. He's got some pretty good series going there. So, uh, sure, absolutely stop by, look at the video, enjoy it. From the standpoint of what we're trying to do, though, from behavioral and how it's going to impact SEO, if everybody that does the search gets a different top 10, ranking, at least telling a client, hey, you're number one, is not going to be important. I'm going to see you at number one. If that client walks over and types in that query, he may see himself at number eight based upon community. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, particularly with the way Google is now treating their behavioral based searches in that they're just doing it. There's no opting out. If you do if it's session based now, but you know, if you do a search on flowers and then you do a search on roses and then you do a search on, you know, something else, they might they'll pop up a little thing in the corner that says, Oh, by the way, we're now personalizing your results for you. Click here and you can disable it. You know, it used to be that they didn't do that until Yes. You know, and so we have to be like extra careful to be like, well, what are the w- rankings really doing? Yeah. I'd much rather be able to quantify the results of SEO anyhow. A great many people have been turning to analytics. Give me traffic. Rankings are good. I want traffic. 
anybody can get rankings for words that don't get queried. Let's, we all understand that. It's the ones that send you the traffic that are going to matter to the client. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately the behavioral search, which is going to mix up the ability to even say how the person ranks, coupled with the fact that you have to have traffic, that's going to change SEO forever. Every SEO company is going to be measured by traffic and whether or not there's conversion in action. So for more, there's definitely stuff on the BruceClay.com site about this. Um, Check out an article called The Promise of Behavioral Search. But it's time for a break, so stick around for more behavioral targeting talk here on SEM Synergy. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles. At hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Um, hello, Uh, welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Susan, you're still responsible for digital marketing programs, right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign optimization, and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams, and just as many invoices, and it's making us mental. What is it? Aromatherapy? Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed? You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all. I feel like I can cancel that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, visit Lyris.com or call 1-888-GO-LIRIS. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyris today. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Host Linda Woods leads this ongoing discussion of important industry issues and emerging trends through her own experiences with the whales of the industry, from CEOs to super affiliates to high-impact players. Affiliate Marketing Insider, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Get out your spray paint and put your graffiti on our wall. Get all the details on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and right now I'm on the line with Debbie Richmond, Senior VP at Colarity, um, which is best described as a community-based 
research technology company. Thank you for coming on the show, Debbie. My pleasure. So just as a little background for our listeners, you've worked in the online service industry for more than 20 years, including your role in um, Look Smart as they launched their vertical search business, and you were VP at Overstock.com as well. So how did you get into the um, community-based search industry? I think you've picked up on my frustrations just from my background. I felt that vertical search hadn't yet arrived, no matter how hard I tried, either in retail or in content-based search. And a few years ago, I just saw a posting uh, that a blogger had done about a new approach, which technically is called implicit collaborative filtering. And this company, Clarity, was doing it where the results and the relevancy would be based on everybody's interests in a particular domain and not tied to predefined categories or subjects. And that really attracted me. And so I knocked on the door and we're two and a half years later with many different publishers and we are seeing uh, the fruits of our labors in terms of improved relevancy of search, recommendations, and ads. What kind of numbers have you seen as far as the market for sites that are implementing behavioral targeting? I'd like to think of behavioral targeting both in a very broad way and a narrow way. So in that broad way, every site that uses cookies to target information to previous visitors is in effect practicing a form of behavioral targeting. You see it commonly in news, entertainment, and retail where there are related links or products displayed. And to some degree, the same thing is true with ads, which up to this point have been set up based on those broad content categories that publishers tag to their sites and that advertisers buy. But to answer your question very specifically, uh, we don't have site counts, but the ad revenues are a way of defining the market right now for behavioral types of targeting. And the ad revenues are projected to be about $775 million by the end of this year. And according to eMarketer, from what we've read, $4.4 billion by 2012. Uh, but I think that term of behavioral targeting needs to be associated with more than the narrow ad networks where people are tagged and ads follow them. Uh, so at this point in time, you have this one poll where everybody's doing something to react to visitors on their site, and you've got the other poll where it's very specific ad networks that are sized. And I think, honestly, it's somewhere in between. Uh, when you look at the entire projections of the online advertising market, jumping up to $50 billion in the next four to five years, it seems to me that a lot of that is going to be driven by much better behavioral targeting, but that targeting will be much more anonymous and not just tied to individuals as they move around. Um, I'd also define that as the types of sites that will be doing this are those that are probably around a million page views a day or thereabout because they're going to see the benefits financially from targeting. So you said that you see that it going more towards the anonymous users as they float around rather than specific users? Is that what you mean? Yes. What I mean is that today BT almost has this sensibility that it's tagging individuals, and yet the technologies have actually shifted beyond that in the last few years to all of the anonymous behaviors at a particular domain level. So you don't have to follow individuals anymore. What you're following are groups of people, this birds of a feather flock together. 
And from those different interests, uh, you're finding out much more about the potential interests any individual has. So think of it in the other way, that individuals are joined to people most like them, or individuals are better defined by the company they keep. Rather than following them around the web, there's a lot more uh, power from a given publisher who is sitting on 100% of the behaviors on their site and reacting to them uh, and their visitors in a more anonymous fashion rather than following individuals. I see. So what is, what is the typical site doing today with behavioral targeting? Are they it's mostly in the ad networks like you spoke of, or are, they, or are a lot of people um, taking on search, um, or what do you see the most common uses are right now? Interestingly, there are really three buckets to answer this in. One is search, one is recommendations or related links, and one is advertising. And pretty much every site has a form of taxonomies or category silos, right? So from some perspective when it comes to related links or browsing, uh, everybody's doing a rudimentary form of behavioral targeting. And, and I think they've been trained into that because that's good search engine optimization technique to set up these silos. Uh, however, the fact is the publisher is defining the interests rather than the user. They're saying, well, if you're interested in this subject A, then you're interested in this subject B. So what's happening now is that there are sites that are saying, wait a second, we need to be much more dynamic in terms of the recommendations. They shouldn't be fixed anymore. And in many cases, you will see sites trying to tie in social comments or something that's dynamic based on interests. Although you'll also see things that make people laugh. You know, they'll get these related links that really aren't very much related at all. So there is some, I think, attempts on the part of content and retail sites to put in related links. When it comes to search, I think it's sadly lagging. So what's happening, again, on these same sites that may be working very hard on related links is that when it comes to search, they're falling back to the traditional search of uh, the keyword density and the links to the keywords. And so I don't think there's as much progress as possible on sites with respect to site search. And then when it comes to ads, again, these are treated in three separate buckets, these recommended or related links, the search, and the ads. And that's very unfortunate because when it comes to ads, to the extent that there's behavioral approaches, it's predefined categories, once again, that are separated from the content. So there are some of these ad networks that are used where if a publisher comes in, they say, well, were these certain categories or subjects will take ads like that? Or the flip side of it is we will allow individuals to be tagged. Now, the problem with that for a publisher is there are a whole lot of visitors who come in who aren't even tagged, so they're limiting their ability to target. So there is definitely experimentation, again, in these three areas of recommendations or related links, search, and advertising, uh, but they're not necessarily linking all three together, even though the visitor doesn't think of these things as separate activities. And that's something kind of what a product like Colarity would help do, I would imagine. And you said it was an implicit collaborative filtering. So by that I mean, the sites themselves are, are voluntarily putting on uh, are going to start measuring what their users are doing through a program like Clarity. 
the individual site would say, yes, I'm collecting all my clicks, which is something I'm doing today. But rather than just collecting them and occasionally seeing what people have searched for or how many links there are to a particular page, what Colarity is doing, and some others like us, is saying we're going to harness all of those clicks. And an implicit filtering means that we're creating these segments on the fly, dynamically, based on the clicks and the interests of everybody on the site. And so think of these as anonymous buckets or clusters of interest that relate to that particular domain. That is the underlying uh, technology that creates relevancy. Uh, this implicit approach where everybody is, in effect, voting and contributing to what's important and relevant and everybody as they come in is taking from that as well. Um, just to make it really clear, compare it to what explicit filtering is about. Uh, everybody's familiar with an Amazon where you have to sign in, you're absolutely tied to whatever you got your nephew three years ago, and you're still getting recommendations like that. So that's the funny part of explicit. It's good, but then there's definitely weaknesses because you're not taking advantage of the changes in your dynamic interests or in what everybody else in the site is searching, is finding of interest, or is even responding to in terms of advertising. So does it, I mean, do, do different sites that use Colarity all kind of come together in the information? Are we, are we basing these um, buckets on just a single site, or is there kind of a collaborative um, effort along more sites to get this user behavior kind of outlined? This is actually a very important distinction for publishers that they own their own visitors and take advantage of them. And that is proprietary to an individual publisher. So rather than sharing in a pool, as a lot of ad networks do today, a given publisher is only taking advantage of the interests on their site. And I think that's a very important distinction, and that's what's creating the relevancy of the interests when visitors come to their site. Because it might be that they have a completely different set of interests, these visitors, when they're somewhere else. And then if you come to a site that's about, uh, I don't know, travel in the Caribbean, and you're still getting ads for a car, I think that that comes across as, as very irrelevant to a given visitor when they're on that particular travel site. So I think it's important for the publisher to feel that they're creating relevant search and recommendations and ads that are reflective of people's interests when they're on the site and the communities or segments of interest on that site. Now, of course, it can be pushed out. So if a series of domains that a publisher owns that are in different areas are unified, then the communities can be shared. But I think at the end of the day, that should be a publisher's call and not driven by uh, any sort of restrictions from the relevancy engine uh, that is supplied by companies like Clarity. I see. So um, we're pretty much out of time, but where can people find out more about Clarity? Well, of course, the easiest way is to go to our site, C-O-L-L-A-R, ity.com. I'd also like to point to some of our customers because that's where the rubber hits the road. If you go to some sites that are run by Fox, for example, myfoxnewyork.com and compare it to, say, myfoxboston.com, click around on search and see the differences in results. Or Cranes, which is chicagobusiness.com, 
or even Veracifier, which is a next new network. So you'll see that there are distinctions in terms of content consumption and video consumption, and it's very interesting to see the kinds of results that you will be getting as you click around. Uh, so I'd encourage people to actually go to the publishers because that's uh, where you can see Clarity shine. That's a really good idea, and there's certainly a lot that site owners and SEOs can get out of behavioral targeting. So thank you for taking your time to uh, explain the technology to us. Thanks very much. Um, in the next segment, Susan and I will be looking at behavioral targeting and how it can work for your site. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program. And it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? They give me all the tools it takes like dedicated publisher support, analytics capability, custom tracking and creative services, and so much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit taxbrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. Taxbrain.com, America's online tax service. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. <laughs> We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. It's time to start jamming and spamming with the founding fathers of SEO. Rock it to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO and give you free expert advice with their weekly site clinic. SEO Rockstars, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Advertising Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 
You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Susan, and the last segment you heard Virginia's interview with Debbie Richmond, who's an expert in the behavioral marketing space. Before that, we were talking with Bruce and about how behavioral is changing the search space, and so you know, we kind of covered the breadth between marketing and search. Um, so now that you know what it is and how it can help you, we want to talk a little bit about how to leverage behavioral marketing. Um, in the moment, really the best place to do that is online advertising, but there are things that you can do to your website as well to cater to that audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was asking Susan a little bit about, so you know, if you're talking about not advertising, so then how are you really going to be targeting the different kinds of users that are coming to your site? And, uh, and I guess the key to that is just putting in the right content for them? Yeah, well, you know, because people will use the same kinds of words to describe something, whether they're, you know, looking for it for one reason or another. But I think this is really kind of where you have to get into personas and knowing who your audience is and, and how they think about things. Because even though, you know, I say to you, I want to get dinner, right? And I'm and ridiculous omnivore and I liked having meat with my food and salads are not dinner but my roommate is a vegetarian so you know clearly we're not thinking the same thing when we think dinner but we're using the same word and this um, we, we talk a lot about that with like the you know are you talking programming or are you talking coffee if you're talking about Java mm. but it's even more you know close together than that in a lot of ways but if you start talking about it in you know dinner but you're talking about it in a ethical you know cruelty free kind of way you're probably talking more towards where my roommate would be like sign me up whereas if you talk about you know gourmet and you know having a steak and whatever like that then you're probably talking to me so you have to surround it with the kinds of things that your audience is looking for because that's going to come through not in the explicit search that they do Right? They're still just going to type in dinner, but their behavior around it that's all being taken into account, that's going to start influencing results, and it'll start bringing up different things. Right, in an automated way rather than like the thing, like if you're a site owner and if you know that you've got two different types of visitors that will generally that come to your site, then you'll have different kinds of um, pages for each one. With- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you might want to, you know, you might want to cater to both, you know, me and my roommate, and is just to continue the example. Um, but you're going to ask us up front to kind of segment ourselves, right? You're going to give us a something to react to that's going to draw us down the correct path. Um, that really came into play a lot at SES when we were talking about post-click marketing, and um, which was a great session that we did a live blog for, and. They were talking, you know, very much about, you know, self-segmentation. It's like when you go to the Dell website, right? You get there, and the first thing they ask you is personal or business. Okay, so once you've chosen that, they know what kind of content to offer you because you told them, you know, this is this is my segment, this is where I belong. Right. Behavioral targeting is doing that step for you in a little bit of a sense, but it's also just, you know... If somebody's given you the piece of information that this is what you're interested in, or this is what they're interested in, run with it. Run with it. Yeah. You know, use that information. It, it's it doesn't do you any good to ignore the kinds of clues that people are giving you. Right, and then in that same session, you know, so so basically, if you go through this process, like you said, like you segment yourself, you're going to be going 
potentially through more clicks than if you were just served up with some generic content. Mm -hmm. But the speaker was saying that two clicks could be better than one. Of course, you don't want to go over the other side and, and make them do too much work. But you're engaging them. You're having them identify themselves. They, um, it, you're giving yourself some market research. You know, lots of benefits to this. Right. Yeah. That that's that was the uh, self segmentation after the click. Um, I think his actual example was something about like coming out in off of a pay per click ad onto your landing page, and instead of your landing page being just your generic landing page, I'm going to try and sell you something right off the bat, here's the information on the topic, it was, here's your landing page, did you click on this landing page thinking this, or did you click on this landing page thinking this, or this this ad thinking, right. you know, one thing, right. because you know that people are thinking the same words, but their intent is different, right. so enabling them to clarify once they're on your page, because you know that these are the kinds of people who come to you, and they're you know two distinct groups of people, or maybe they're many more than two distinct groups, but they kind of separate themselves initially into two distinct groups, then they can proceed much better and they're going to have a better experience. So that's yeah. always a good... It sounds very clever to me. But there's a few things that you should know before you start behavioral targeting, because it's not like the end-all be-all. It's not going to you know make like everyone that clicks on your ad... A conversion, you know, so yeah, yeah. obviously so you, have set, you always have to do targets, right, and set some realistic expectations. Um, yeah, well, and and of course, you know, it it's not a vacuum. It's not you have one ad, and that's the only thing you have out there. You know, you have other forms of media out there. You have other campaigns going on. You have to remember that that's all working together, and you know, is is going to contribute to how people react to you. And if you're using like a some kind of um, service like Colarity or something on your site, then um, I don't know. You want to give them a lot of information up front about what your goals are. You have to have thought through maybe the uh, the target audience that you are looking for. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think that's really important. I also think what's really important is just having the patience to you know gather the data in the first place. You know you know. You know some things, but you don't know everything. So you have to, you know, be able to sit back and, and be willing to learn, you know, and not expect the results tomorrow. It's just like any, uh, it's you know, just like regular search engine optimization. You start a search engine optimization campaign, you're not going to see results right, right away. You start working on behavioral targeting, you're not going to get it right, you know, first thing out of the gate. You have to refine it, and you have to think about it, and you have to study people and ask them things like that. Doing surveys of your customers is, you know, a really great way to do it. But and having analytics is a really great way to do it. But you have to have the patience to wait to find out what it's actually telling you. You know, it's not right. just data; it's the analysis of the data as well. Right. Very good things to think about. Um, but we are out of time for this week's show. So uh, thank you to Webmaster Radio for producing SEM Synergy. And I also want to remind our listeners to send any internet marketing questions or comments or requests over to SEMSynergy at BruceClay.com. This is Virginia and Susan asking you to come back next week for more industry insight and experts. And you can also visit SEMSynergy.com for info on this week's guests and topics. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy.